welcome back. Welcome back to the Radio Brain Podcast. What have you been listening to lately? What have I been? Oh, I've been listening to JoJo's new album. Oh, really? Which, I mean, by the time this comes out, it's a couple weeks old, but she just dropped the deluxe version on the 28th of August. Ooh. And it's pretty good. I mean, I liked, so I really liked the first version of Good to Know, like the first album of it uh, before the deluxe. That dropped that dropped a couple weeks ago now. The only thing that annoys me is for whatever reason, so Good to Know is what the album is, and it is explicit. <laughs> like, Ooh. Almost every song. It is a very sexual album. Okay. Uh, and the deluxe version on streaming services, at least on Spotify, it is uh, it's censored. And so okay. that kind of took me out of it a little bit because so many of these songs, um, even the, the lead single from the deluxe album, like um, it, I'm used to listening to the explicit versions and then all of a sudden it sounds – I thought my phone kept skipping – to be honest, I was like, what the, what the fuck is happening to my Spotify? Oh, um, no. But it's it's a really good album. I mean, she uh, she has a song with Demi on the deluxe version. She did a remix. She has a song with uh, Tinashe. I think that's how you okay. say that. Oh, I'm going to feel okay. bad if it's not. Um, but yeah, it's really good. So I've pretty much been listening that to the ground. What about you? I mean, I've been listening to a lot of Paramore because I've been doing Paramore <laughs> like episodes. Um, yeah. I looked up the WAP song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I've I've only heard the the excerpts that are on TikTok. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's I love I'm, the lyrical um, one. You know, anyone can listen to whatever they want. I know people love that kind of stuff, but like to, for me, it's just like I don't I don't get it. it. Like, are you not like big on rap music, or do you just not I like? Am. All I the, do all like the... rap music. I don't like the. I just don't like the. Like, I guess I don't like how explicit it is. Just my preference, you know. Yeah, I mean that, that stuff doesn't really bother me. I feel like there's so much there's so much rap music that's so explicit. To me, like at least what I'm used to listening to, it's not really that different. But I mean, I mean, it depends on who you listen to. I mean, it's definitely not like a song I could imagine coming from like Logic or something. <laughs> no, I mean, and that's the whole thing. Like, ugh, I don't want to get like social justicey, but it's like you know, men put out way worse songs and like people are criticizing Cardi B for the song and it's like she should be able to talk about whatever she wants and if people like her music then that's fine but it's like you know you got either and for me it's like the explicit really explicit other music by like guys I'm not a big fan of either so it's like I like mm-hmm. other Cardi B songs it's just this WAP one I'm not a, a huge fan of I, I I would love to hear the radio censored version of that I haven't listened gonna, to the full song yet but <laughs> it's gonna be like every other word is just like mm. I anyway <laughs> anyway I haven't really been listening to that song uh, I have appreciated it from afar but like it's not one of my favorite but I do like Cardi B um to keep in the fall spirit I posted on Instagram or yeah on Instagram I've been liking a lot of like indie folk kind of music right now which is way different than we were just talking about um mm-hmm. but um there was this one band I think Boundary Run I okay posted about i really like their one song and they have like a few other good mixes and like there's some other good um kind of indie folly kind of music that like at least reminds me of like kind of just sitting back and like drinking some coffee so um hmm. they liked our instagram uh story too which was kind of cool Ooh, yeah i've never heard of them before no i just thought i was i i, I got them from like a uh kind of like a compilation what uh, YouTube channel. So like that's where I, I heard them and I was like, oh, that sounds like that sounds like a good September 1st kind of uh, song. So that's what I yeah. have been listening to a lot of lately. Speaking of pumpkin spice and orange and all that stuff, we're going to talk about Paramore. <laughs> uh, what does that have to do with pumpkin spice and orange? Oh, I guess her hair was orange. <laughs> that's not pumpkin spice orange, though. That's it. <laughs> I didn't have any other segue. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. So Paramore, back on Paramore. We talked about them Paramore. last week. Last week we talked about uh, what we talked about. All is all we know is falling and riot. Yes. Yeah. And today we're talking about what are we talking about? You're you're the next you're thing. Steering the bus on this one. <laughs> so um, I I had a quick corrections corner. I guess so. Like I think I said this. I can't remember exactly what I said last week. So I'm not sure. But um. About the whole who was signed to who thing. 
what basically what ha- what actually is true is Haley Williams was signed only as a solo artist to Atlantic Records, but mm-hmm. like Paramore, the group was signed to Fueled by Ramen. And I, I didn't know if I made that clear enough last time. You're saying before any of the Paramore albums came out, Haley was signed as a solo artist to Atlantic Records. Yeah, and only her. Oh, so not any of her. the not any of the other band members. It was just her, and it's still true today that it's only. Haley Williams is signed to Atlantic Records, not Paramore the band. Yes. Yeah, so Par- but Paramore the band was signed to Fueled by Ramen. So I guess it's it's different. I just wanted to make sure I made that distinction. I just didn't know if I, I said the right things last time. I can't remember, but it's um it was more I don't so <laughs> Yeah, I know. It, uh, because they wanted to sign uh, Haley on as like a solo artist, like she would be like kind of like a Avril Lavigne by herself kind of a, an artist, but she wanted to be in a band and so they thought okay well let's sign the band on band on with this like kind of edgy fueled by ramen record label kind of thing so that's that's she's she's kind of separate so yeah she's signed to two different things technically I guess so I guess that kind of comes into later to like what we're gonna talk about today a little bit but later on um I just wanted to make sure and also another thing like I didn't (laughs) I hope I didn't like piss off Paramore fans because I feel like I um, focused too much on Haley last time where it's true it's they're a band like we're talking about Paramore we're not talking about Haley the artist we're talking about all of the band members and it's just kind of it's but I think it's kind of hard because so many band members come and go at least in the beginning there and so I just wanted to also make that distinction that like we are talking about the band with all of the members We'll talk about Haley and her solo stuff like another time. So we left off last time we were talking about Riot um, and we kind of talked about kind of the music through that era and like some of the tours they did. Um, So after Riot came out and it was like a huge success, especially with like Misery Business, they did a tour with Jimmy Eats World. Do you know about who they are? Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, the middle. (laughs) What? Oh, my God. They sing the middle. The middle. Oh, you you know that song. Oh God, I don't want to sing it. So I'm afraid Mark's gonna leave it in the podcast. <laughs> I know what song you're talking about. But good. Okay. They did a, a tour with them um, in the summer of 2008. So they did through the through the summer, and then in November they released a live album of Riot called The Final Riot, and it included a bonus DVD of the concert they filmed in Chicago, as well as a documentary showing like. Everything I think it was called like the Forty Days of Riot. So um, okay. that's kind of like the end of the Riot era. I probably should have included it in the last episode, but it's like okay, so they toured. <laughs> <laughs> that's the next thing. So after that, um, so the next thing they did, um, they started kind of working on their next album, but they had this whole thing going on with um, Twilight. So the whole the movie. Um, so in October two thousand eight, they wrote Decode. Um, which I don't know if you remember that song. Did you oh, like I it? sure do. Okay, all right. So we can talk I about listen, it. I listen with Twilight. This is not a Twilight podcast, but <laughs> I wasn't even really that into Twilight. But my, one of my best friends at the time was. And so before I had even gone to a theater to watch Twilight, we had watched the movie about eight times a bootleg version somebody <laughs> uploaded to the internet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so for a couple for a couple years there, I was really into Twilight. Harry Potter has always owned my heart, but um, I was Twilight I was a there huge, for a while. <laughs> I was a Twilight head or whatever Twilight fan, big Twilight fan. A Twihard. Yes. Oh my god, I read through all the books. I love Stephanie Meyer. Although, like looking back now, like I I think we've talked about this before. Like I can't really read in the first person anymore. It's really I've hard. I always hated the first person. And like that's why that I've was- only read the first three books. <laughs> you haven't even read the last one. No, I just never did. And I haven't even seen the last the last three movies. I've only seen Twilight and New Moon. <laughs> Those are the only. Well, you, were you Team Jacob or Team Edward? Um, I was Team Jacob, but I had a crush on uh, Taylor Taylor Lautner since uh, Shark Boy. <laughs> so that's not really surprising. I was Team Edward, so I was happy. It all worked out in the end. You know. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so they worked on this whole, this big project um, for Twilight. They ended up making two songs. So the first was Decode, and the other one was I Caught Myself. So 
we're going to talk about Decode first. Um, it was the lead single off the movie soundtrack, and it was available on October 1st, 2008. So it has writing credits to Haley, Josh Farrow, and Taylor York. So Taylor York, I think he's kind of meshed with the band now. He's kind of grouped in with them because he toured with them on Riot, um, but it wasn't like officially a band member until um, like this era. So and it was also produced by Rob Cavello, 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 I think. It, deba- it debuted at 34 on the U.S. Billboard, um, making it the band's second top 40 single. So I think the first one was uh, Misery Business. So this one was doing really well, too. Um, Haley was stated that this song, Decode, was called Decode because the song is about the building tension, awkwardness, anger, and confusion between Bella and Edward. Bella's mind is the only one that Edward can't read, and I feel like it's a big part of the first book and one of the obstacles for them to overcome. It's added tension. So I guess, like, that makes sense because it's like he's trying to decode her. So what did you think about this song? Specifically. So I actually, like, when this song came out, I absolutely really liked this song. And I still like it. I think it's a good song. Um, I still, I don't think this has maybe the radio playability of, like, that's what you get, crush, crush, crush. But uh, I think think it's a good song. I feel like it does. I I, I don't think it has the top 40 radio playability, in my opinion. I, I don't know. Like, stuff like this, the more alternative stuff, I think... It seems kind of out of place on pop radio. Okay, like I, I, don't, I don't. This to me, this doesn't sound as poppy as Riot did. See, Not that can't... Riot was pop. Not that Riot was pop, guys. But <laughs> nobody come for me. We got. I got an angry email when I called Billie Eilish pop. Like I'm not saying <laughs> Paramore is pop. I'm just saying uh, some songs on Riot seemed more top forty pop radio friendly than Decode. Decode, I. It definitely seems like a Twilight movie song to me, but... Oh, yeah. It's got that that vibe. And, like, I guess I can't really remember if it had radio success or not. I, I couldn't find anything about it. But um, I know for sure Twilight was giant. And, like, that soundtrack, I listened to the crap out of it. Like, I listened to that whole album all the time. And for me, this was, like, a very prominent memory, these songs. But it's maybe just because I was such a huge Twilight fan, so... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I like it. I, I think as far as, like, if we're comparing this to their first album, I think, I, I do think it sounds better. It's more, like, you know, the lyrics are better. And I actually do think, I think, do they write this song to, like, do they read the books and then write this song or, like, read a movie script or something? This one they did. They wrote this one specifically for um for Twilight after she read the books and she kind of saw, like, oh, there's this, like, huge building tension between the two of them and like a lot of the things like the lyrics are kind of meant for Edward and Bella so uh yeah yeah I mean I I can definitely I can definitely see that and so I think in that respect it's it goes very uh very well with the movie I I think it's a good song I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite from this album but um I think it's a good song I guess the only thing that doesn't really for me while you're trying to remember what you were going to say, <laughs> the, the thing that as somebody, and this is not on their music at all, but this is more, you know, con- continuity with the movie. The chorus is, how do we get here? I used to know you so well. I, did her and, and Edward ever really know each other that well? <laughs> to me, this, 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 to me, this goes more with like Bella and like her dad or someone. <laughs> <laughs> But he's trying to figure out her. He's trying to figure out what's going on with yeah, the relationship and the what's wrong with his daughter. Tug and pull. Oh, <laughs> that's true. But no, I think I think this is a good song. Like I said, the, the lyrics the, the lyrics are pretty solid on this one. There's a definite story here, which you know I always like that. That's true. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice to listen to. It's definitely definitely a Paramore song. Some people were like comparing this to the uh, Evanescence. Okay, so I was thinking that, but I didn't want to say it because I don't want to make people angry. That's um, what, like, one of the critics kind of said. They said this is an ever ever like romanticism. Yeah, it, it has, it has, and I don't know if it's, I think, I think part of it is the way she's singing, but it, de- it definitely has Evanescence vibes for sure. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I would say this song. I don't know if the album as a whole, I definitely wouldn't say that, but this song, 
it, it is that um, who who else am I thinking of? See, I need to write these things down when I hear them. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, I could I could totally see that. I think I think that's spot on. I mean, it is. Um, I wouldn't even say it's that different from what they've been doing, but um, it is definitely interesting. It gives you that kind of vibe. That's a yes. terrible. That is a terrible review of that song. I'm so sorry, everybody. It is good. <laughs> it is, I mean, well, it is it almost is 9 p.m. You know? and I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I've also tried to block out most of my Twilight years. So that might have something to do with it. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. I don't blame you that much, though. I finally got rid of my books not too long ago. I was like, what am I keeping these around for? Do you know what else <laughs> bothers me, though? They only, they only say decode like once in the song. Yeah, but right? like that's that's the point of the song is like she's he's trying to they're I guess they're trying to decode each other because they're like a mystery to them. Yeah, I mean that's not really a negative, but it's one thing I was kind of looking at it like why the fuck is this song called Decode? But now I get it. Now I see they, they do say it at some point. That's what it's supposed to be. Anyway, so the song was awarded a Teen Choice Award for Choice Rock Song, which is exciting. Um, I think that's like their first. Teen Choice Award, too. Um, they were nominated for a Grammy in 2010 uh, in the best song written for a motion picture. But they didn't win. Um, I think it was somebody else. I don't remember who. I think they – weren't they nominated for a Grammy before for something in Misery Business? Paramore's first uh, Grammy nomination was for Best New Artist in 2008. Yeah, And then Decode right. was the next one after that. That's right. Okay. Who did they lose to? Um, it looks like it looks like they were up against um, the wrestler by Bruce Springsteen. Bruce oh. Springsteen uh, from the movie The Wrestler, Once in a Lifetime from the movie Cadillac Records, All Is Love from the movie Where the Wild Things Are, and Jai Ho from Slumdog Millionaire, which is what? Won. Oh, that's the one that won. Yeah. So the next thing for that for Decode was they released a, a music. Um, video teaser clip um on mtv's twilight tuesday so apparently like i don't even know what that is but i guess on tuesdays there was like this twilight tuesday of like getting ready for the twilight release because it was so big um so but the music video in full premiered on november 3rd and it kind of served as like a teaser and trailer because it had clips from the movie as you saw earlier Brittany. but um yeah so like that was like a huge uh um huge success for Paramore the band um the other one that they talked to like they also wrote was I Caught Myself which um just I don't know if I made you listen to this but it was a, a quick thing um they wrote it a lot of fans thought that um it was like a nice nod to New Moon because apparently the fans of Twilight looked through all of New Moon and found like one line where Bella says I caught myself so they thought that like she was refer referencing that um, but it actually, they wrote this song during the riot tour before she read any of the books. And, um, it's just, it's about like a push and pull between, um, a romance. And it was like something she was going through at the time. So, um, I think that, that was just kind of funny to me. Yeah, that's definitely fan. Listen, if fans want to read into something, they absolutely will. Coming from someone who used to sit there and analyze Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could totally, I could totally see that. Like, I just yeah, I don't know. It is. I couldn't imagine like being an artist and like you put so much time into this thing, and they're like, "Did you get inspiration from this one line and on page twenty three of this book?" And it's like, no. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's probably. I mean, you said it's it's not likely that 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 seems like just a happy coincidence. But I love it when stuff like that happens because it almost seems like it was like destined to be. You know what I mean? Oh, true. Yeah, uh, I actually. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, because it's it's a lot of the song is about um, kind of you're not sure who you want to be with. And like it's between two people or two choices. And like that kind of shows Bella's whole struggle in New Moon. So they definitely seem to like these like tortured soul kind of songs. And, and For it sure. Seems like in this in this era of Paramore so far, these both. Oh, they're both for Twilight. So maybe it makes sense. But these both seem like they have similar themes almost almost I, with I that whole so. like confusing love sort of thing going on like or tension in a relationship type thing i will say i actually think that i might like this song a little bit better than decode really yeah i think this is just i don't know i think this one is just more my speed um 
To me, like, I this really, one seems really long. Like, it, it kind of goes on forever <laughs> with the guitars. Do you get bored of it? A little bit, unfortunately. I think it's good. It's, st- it's still a really good song. I'm not saying it's terrible. It's really good. I will say, I think I think her vocals are better on Decode, though. But I think I just, I like I like the music to, for the song. I think, I think that one, it just, like, I feel like that's something I could sit back and chill to. I'm trying to figure out why I like this song better than Decode, and I'm questioning it and questioning it and changing my mind as I'm like reading down through this. But um, it could be she has a kind of a softer voice too, and it's kind of like the other one is very powerful, strong, belty kind of thing, which I like. Those are my kind of things. But it's like uh, if, if that's what you're talking about, or if you're talking about like the instrumentals or like how the song sounds, is that what you're talking about? I mean, just kind of like all encompassing on it. See, the thing is though, I like I like those like softer. I'm I'm a sucker for a softer sad song. <laughs> let me <laughs> let me tell you, I I am a fan of that kind of stuff, and so maybe that's why I like this one a little bit more. Um, nothing wrong with like the belty stuff, but this one it it just seems like it seems pretty chill. I don't know how else to say it. I don't know if it's the guitars or, like, I'm trying to, like, listen to it and see, like, trying to figure out why I like this song because clearly I didn't analyze it that well earlier. I will say these songs definitely give me, like, a Washington vibe, you know, like a Forks Washington vibe, you know? (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) Like, it's, like, like Twilight, Twilight, you know, like, you're going to sit back with, like, some spooky vampires. It's almost Halloween. Let me live my fall life, okay? Do you know what I think it is? I think this is random. I think this, I think I caught myself kind of reminds me of Flyleaf. Do you remember them? Flyleaf? Yeah. No. Okay. Well, I think that's why I like this one better. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, let us and know. And that's fine. I think that that's good that we, you know, we can like different songs and stuff. I'm sure you're not the only person that, like, really likes this song more than Decode. I think Decode just got more, honestly, probably it got a little bit more attention because it was, like, the lead single and it was written for the movie. So they had movie clips in it. So that's probably why it did so well. Well, and I wouldn't even say I feel strongly the other way. To be honest, like, so as I was listening to the songs when you sent them to me, I realized... You know, I did listen to, like, Brand New Eyes a lot, too, but I, I think I definitely, for me, I'm definitely a Fairweather fan. Like, Riot is pretty much the only album that I really listened to a ton. I don't really care about the rest of it. Okay. That sounds okay. bad. I don't want to say I didn't care, but... Hey, this podcast is for you, too. It's, like, it's for people who are diehard fans and for people who don't, like, really know anything about them to, like, learn a little bit more. So, be fine. Okay. So, that was pretty much it for, like, the whole Twilight phase, and I think, like, that really projected them... You know, if Riot didn't already put them into, like, the limelight and put them into, like, mainstream, I think doing stuff with Twilight definitely put them into the mainstream with, like, like people wanting to be more edgy in, like, their emo phases in middle school, you know, at least for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Twilight was so huge at the time, so I can see why that would be the case. So, after Twilight, um, the band now with, for sure, like, uh, Taylor York joined them. So, there's five members of Paramore now um, with... We've got Haley, who's a vocalist. We've got Josh Farrow, which is lead guitar, and he does some backup vocals. We have his brother, Zach, who does the drums. Jeremy Davis, who's the bass guitarist. And then now Taylor York, who's on guitar. So five of them. Um, and, like, a lot of them were also, like, kind of, if you remember it from last episode, like, Taylor York was, like, friends with them. So they've all kind of known each other since they were kids um, and have worked together a lot. But now they were officially Paramore. Um, but they decided to go back to Nashville to record their next studio album, which would be their third studio album, um, which ended up becoming called Brand New Eyes. And I feel like par- like Riot was very like high energy, super like in your face. You want to get up and dance. And I feel like the Twilight years and then into this, they're taking a much more mature, mellowy kind of things because they have their like rock, you know, alternative songs that are really good but the ones that are doing like they also have been slipping in some like other songs which we'll kind of talk about too so like this is a very different transition for them yeah this seems very moody compared to (laughs) compared to riot for sure all right so the album was released on september 29th 2009 in a documentary Haley and josh were like asked about because they were pretty much the ones that wrote this album um with taylor york kind of writing a few of the other ones so mainly Haley and josh 
And they were asked kind of like, what's the theme of this album? And she said, it's about learning about people and learning about different relationships and like growing up and finding your own identity and ideas and sticking to it and like being okay with it. And so it's about, you know, coming into maturity and learning about your true friends, I guess. Um, she also said that like while she was writing this, like it, in the past she had written about things that had already happened um, and like that those feelings were kind of gone with. It was just kind of like a remembering thing. She said this album, she ta- she wrote more about things that were like still hurting her and like had a lot of emotion behind them. So that's why they're very moody songs, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it debuted, I said in September, and it debuted at number two on the Billboard 200, selling 175,000 copies in its first week, uh, making it their biggest selling album um, so far. It was praised by critics and song for its songwriting, um, like lyrics of visuals and like uh, the show showing the band's increased maturity. That's all I kept seeing was like, oh, they're so mature now. Oh, they are like taking a different turn and like turning emo, like in their feelings kind of a thing. Also, I'm very excited. I, I didn't know this, but like they released a vinyl uh, that looks really pretty for this one that I might want to buy. But it's like $90. It's expensive. When did they release it? Back then. Oh, so that's why it's so expensive. I know, but I'm like, it looks so nice. I want to buy it. Should wait. Maybe Urban Outfitters will do a pressing. Ooh, they should. Urban Outfitters, if you're listening, press this album. So I guess we'll just kind of like step through some of these uh, songs. The first one I had you listen to was Ignorance. I really the, liked it right off the bat. Just have, you saying. Heard, have you listened to it before? Yeah, I've listened to this whole album at some point or another. Okay, I, w- I didn't listen to it as much as Riot, but yeah, no, and I listened to them today. No, I really, I really like this one. This one, I like. I don't know if I would call it like high energy, but it's definitely like I like all the guitars. They sound nice. It's definitely a, like kind of an homage to their old sound, kind of thing. Very like. Edgy, Maybe that's why poppy. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very, not poppy, sorry, I didn't mean poppy, I mean alternate, you know, and it's very rock heavy, which uh, some of the songs it's, on this album are not that way. Because I, I, I want to say it's it's along it's along the same lines as like Misery Business, but th- this does sound, it doesn't sound exactly like it would go on Riot, but I, li- I like how it sounds in like, I don't know, I like the lyrics of it too. Did you like sit down and look at the lyrics at all or? Yeah, mm-hmm. Because, like, I don't know, I just, I, I don't even know how to describe it because I don't want to call it, like, a fun song, but, like. So what do you I feel like I'm just contradicting myself repeatedly <laughs> when I talk about them because I said, oh, I, I like this better than Decode because it's softer. But this song is, like, this song rocks a little bit, you know what I mean? And it's good. Well, it's different. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me talk, let me say, say a little bit about this song first, though. Okay. So um, it was their first single, and they released it in July 7th, 2009. Um, it had mild radio success, so this one actually did pretty good on the radio, and it peaked at number 67 on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, so already doing off to a good start. That's I have like what she said about it, like um, what she means. I, I guess what did you think the song meant when you listened to it? I mean, I don't know if that's the best uh, a good uh, measuring stick because, <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I go I go and look up the lyrics, but to me, yeah. like, as I'm as I'm looking at this, I mean. It definitely sounds like the end of something. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily like a dumping song, but even just like you know, you're not friends with somebody anymore. Like we were really close, we're not anymore. Like time moves on, things are different. You can't take it, so get out of the picture. That sort of thing. But it's it's very much. Uh, I'd say it's kind of empowering. It's not a, like a sad like you're not my friend anymore. It's like I don't need you, bitch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, like you're growing up and you're like, you know what, it's, this is how life is and I'm just going to keep going and like things happen and whatever, you know, and I, I think that's a good, <laughs> like maybe not a good way to do things, but it's, it's a nice song to kind of be like, yeah, like we shouldn't worry about what happened in the past, you know. I, I don't get so much how ignorance is your new best friend fits in with the rest of it. Like, I think that's something that y- y- we'd have to probably know the context of what's going on <laughs> to get. Because, it, like, it just doesn't really – I mean, people can, like, not, like, change. It, it depends on what it is, though, that makes them ignorant 
Like, I, I realize she's calling this person ignorant, but... Oh, here, this is what she said. She said, the line, ignorance is your new best friend, is all about how she felt like she was losing people, and she thinks that the band was feeling that too. So she felt like this divide between her and the band, but it's okay that they're growing up, and I, I guess that's what she meant by that. How, do, how does it rank for you on the album? Like, Not my favorite, but it's a good one. Oh, one other thing I wanted to say. So did you watch the music video for this? No. Okay. I usually just go to Spotify for these. Cool. So the music video, I just say real quick, is uh, it's her singing to her bandmates. And she's got this like, she's got this like light bulb that she's like shining in their faces. And like, she's talking to them and singing at them. But like, they're ignoring her. But like, it comes in later. Oh my gosh. That had to, can you imagine playing a guitar with like a light bulb right in your fucking face? <laughs> Muscle memory. Maybe it wasn't that bright of a light bulb. Maybe that's why they're all not looking at her. They're looking down because she just has a light bulb in their face. What the fuck? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so I just thought, okay, because like there's a little bit something later with that. So the next single on the album we'll talk about is Brick by Boring Brick. So this is the this second one I remember pretty well. Not to interrupt you, sorry. This is one of my favorite songs on the album. Oh, me too. Oh, so my little emo heart of 2009 soared with this song. I loved it. I still <laughs> like it now. Um, but it was their second single off the album. Um, the album's cover work, I don't know if you remember, it's got that um, butterfly like kind of thing. Yeah. So like the uh, butterfly that's like pinned down. Yeah. So uh, this song has a, a line in it that kind of refers to that. And it says, um, she says, like, all of the angles were all wrong. Um, now she's ripping rings, wings off of butterflies. So I think like that was kind of like a connection there. People kind of said, like, some critics said that this was infectious and deliciously dark, I guess, as a theme. And it's kind of about, I guess, well, what did you think about this song? Yeah, I, li- I liked it a lot. I think... Uh my favorite like part because it is like uh i don't know when i look at the title and i see boring in it my brain kind of goes like oh this is gonna be like a slow song and and it's not really at all oh um it it is pretty dark i think my favorite part though is when she sings the uh the but up 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 or whatever that is you know what i'm talking about yeah i really i really like that part that's my favorite part of the whole song but it is i mean it is a little bit a little bit darker which doesn't really surprise me because I feel like, well, you know, their their album really, is their music, I don't know. See, I'm not a super Paramore fan, so I don't want to, like, say this and be wrong, but is their music, like, usually, like, this dark, like, I feel like, I feel like we've brought up depressing stuff with them, so maybe it is, but. I don't, stuff about I think it's, a it, usually it's been, stuff. yeah, it's been very edgy. This is the first song where it's kind of, like, very dark and, like, almost, I don't know if you watched the music video for this, but this is what kind of tied it all together to me when I was a kid, where it's like, you got Haley, who's got the blonde hair. She's got blonde hair. And then there's like this little girl who's running around with like fairy wings. And it's basically like she's walking through like Alice in Wonderland, kind of. You see one of the bandmates, I think it's Josh Farrow. He's digging a grave, pretty much. He's digging a hole. And like the little girl kind of runs through this world and eventually things start going bad and like it's very dark and scary and then she ends up falling in the hole and so like what does it all mean and it's very spooky and it's like did that guy kill the daughter or like what's going on so like that's what I really liked about it because it was very spooky and mysterious I think that might make more sense to me if I had actually watched the music video (laughs) yeah yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how that connects with the message of the song or what the message of the song is, really. Do you want me I to mean, tell you what I think? Yeah, tell tell me what you think and then I'll say what I was thinking. So I don't know <laughs> if it's part of – I think it's part, like ties in with the song, but the music video sells it too where it's it's all about like the, the dangers of like living in a fantasy world that you create on your own like rather than facing the real world and like – you know, not when you're not facing reality, like, which is like super harsh sometimes. It's like that that can also have like tragic uh, downfalls. At least that's what I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I think the lyrics support that, too. I mean, literally, like right off the back, you have she lives in a fairy tale somewhere too far for us to find. But 
for me, the, the part, because this is, there's kind of like a story to this, but for me, the part that I think really, I, I guess, gives like some sort of uh, credibility to, to your theory is toward here towards the end of the song, they have that verse, if it's not real, you can't hold it in your hand, you can't feel it in your heart, and I won't believe it. But if it's true, you can see it with your eyes, even in the dark, and that's where I want to be. So I think I think you're right. I think she is saying here, like, I I, I don't want to be living in a fantasy world like this other person is, because it's not it's not real unless you it's tangible. You can see it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I so I'd agree with you. I'd agree and with I, you. And I think I know for me, like I'm very into like like horror movies and true story and or, or like true crime stories and stuff like that. And like I think when I watched this music video, because, like, this was, like, 2009, where, like, I was watching stuff on MTV, I think. I was watching music videos all the time on MTV, and this was really cool to me. And, like, the whole thing is, like, a green screen and very, like, spooky. And it's, like, I think that's what really tied it home for me. Uh, And, like, this still is, like, one of the songs that I love to listen to, like, not just because of the music video, but, like, I also love kind of how it tells the story and it's definitely one of my favorites. So the next song is The Only Exception. And I would say this is my favorite song by them. I think like so. out of all their music? I don't know. I think so. Like um I also really like some of the stuff from the next album we'll talk about, but like this is definitely Whenever this comes on the radio, whenever this comes on my playlist, like I listen to it all the time. Love it. Yeah, it's definitely. I think. I think this is when I when I hear Paramore. This is usually the first song that pops in my head. Yeah, my my only thing is, and this is like kind of off track. Um, but do you remember the show The Glee Project? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so didn't they do a the- cover? Yeah, on the first season, they did a cover. And, you know, so for those of you who don't know, The Glee Project was like a reality show where, you know, teens would audition for a chance to be the next character on Glee, right? So each week there would be a different song that they'd all get part of the song to sing and record it. And then there'd be judges and then there'd be a bottom two and they had to perform to see who got to stay. That's the basic gist of the show. And one week, the group number was the only exception. This song by Paramore. Mm-hmm. And see, to me, and this to me, this song is very slow, very, very sweet, a very serious song. Yeah. And I love it. But it kills me because every single time I hear it, the only thing I can picture in my head is this one girl who was kind of like the... Uh, super confident, you know, been doing theater for years, like that kind of girl. And um, right before she went in to record her part, somebody else had like a really emotional experience in the booth. And so she felt like she had to also get a really strong emotional reaction because she wanted to like impress them. Oh, and no. she she oversang this song, in my opinion. Oh, like, no. she, defi- she did She did too much. And I haven't so, heard it, so I need to go look that up. Well, but the thing is, then when they went to film the music video, she was her acting of it was much more in line with the tone of the song. So it's so weird, though, because she looks so like quiet and like very much in the song in the music video. But the the singing that she has lined up with it is this belty. (laughs) (laughs) over emotional thing and it just doesn't fit with each other oh no and that's all i can think of when i think of this song now and that's not all i can think of but it's the first thing that pops into my head but i do love this song anyways carry on (laughs) it's okay they mentioned this in the in the articles i was watching they're like oh this was on glee and i'm like "Ah, i don't need to talk about that but i'm glad you (laughs) talked i was really into that first season of the glee project (laughs) anyway I think this is one of the only songs that Paramore, the band, is a co-producer. So that's kind of interesting. Um, This is the first time also that it's not really an alternative rock song. It's a very slow acoustic like love ballad, which uh, is very different for them, especially at this time. It's and I think you kind of talked about it. It's it's all about this this song to me, and it's so mushy and like dumb. Like I feel like I'm rolling my eyes, but it's like this is like one of those songs where I'm like, oh, like I want that kind of like love where it's like, oh, you're my only exception because like I don't believe in love. And like 
that just makes my heart very warm. You know, as, as somebody who did not have a lot of examples of like good solid relationships growing up, this this song definitely like hits me. Like I I feel like I relate to this a lot. Yeah. Especially you know now as I'm like in a very you know healthy relationship with somebody that I love. Like we're getting married. Like I definitely. I was very down on marriage for a while there. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, this song, this is one of those songs that it doesn't matter how many times I listen to it, like, the emotion of it, like, it gets yeah. me every – I don't cry every time I listen to this song, but it definitely, like – I told you, I'm a sucker for a sad song. This isn't a sad song, but it's definitely uh, – there's a, there's a lot of emotions in here. And I think it's something a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, you know, I mean, think of how many one. people get divorced in America, like other countries too. But I don't know the statistics for other countries. Um, <laughs> but it definitely is. It's a very. It's, I think I think it is a very powerful thing to say. You know, I never, I never really believed in other relationships, and I don't think love really exists except when it comes to me and you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's a, such a sweet, sweet story, and and so such a good like message and. You probably haven't watched the music video for this, but like this again, <laughs> I have hit, hit home for me because this was the time where I was like super into music videos, right? So it's like, it's all about is going to like, she sees her partner sleeping on the couch and like she leaves and like goes through all of these like flashbacks of times where like she didn't see love. And especially for like Haley Williams, she her parents got divorced and she had to move across the country. So like she didn't have a lot of good you know, examples either. And so it kind of goes through that, goes through back there. And then at the end of the music video, she realizes, oh, that guy, like he's, he is my person. And so she runs back through all of the, the scenes she originally were in and then goes back to her person. And like, it's just so sweet. It's such a sweet kind of thing, you know, and, and I really like it. As I'm just quickly here scrolling through the music video, because as you said, no, I did not watch it beforehand. I, it's my fault. I should have told you to watch it. I'm sorry. No, I, listen, I almost never watch them. So that's that's on me, too. There is there is definitely stuff that the music video can add contextually. Yeah. Um, but I really like the shots where she's laying on all those Valentines and like love mm-hmm. notes. Because I think that is a weird uh, juxtaposition to, like, the rest of the song. That's pretty much, like, (laughs) except for the chorus, is pretty down on love. And it's like, here, let me lay on this bed of I love yous, you know? This was released on, like, February 17th, I think. So, like, right after Valentine's Day. It was uploaded on YouTube on February 17th. Well, there you go. Yep. Yeah, but, I mean, I, like, I think this is, I think this is probably... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take back what I said earlier. I think this is probably my favorite song on the album. Just even, like, the buildup. Like, it's really quiet, but, like, her voice, she has such a great voice. And it's just, it's it's well produced. It's well written. It's, like, I think the lyrics are good. The, the strip- Very different from what else they've done. Oh, very different. And just, like, the stripped back acoustic, very soft kind of music. It just, it adds something. And it's, it's kind of right in the middle of the album, which is a good spot for it, I think. And it, it's very... Nice. But I, I was going to also say, um, so some fans, I guess many fans, think that this was written about Chad Gilbert uh, from Newfound Glory. Um, I know of Newfound Glory. I don't know that much about them, though. Did they did they date? So Chad Gilbert from Newfound Glory, uh, they started dating in 2007 and dated for a very long time. I think they dated mm-hmm. for like 10 years. And so um, sh- she has never confirmed this, but a lot of people think that she wrote this about him. Another thing is it debuted at 90 on the Billboard's Hot 100. And so it started at 90, but then it peaked at 24. Um, So this was like the most popular Paramore song after Decode and the other ones. Uh, The other thing was this one got another Grammy nomination. So a third Grammy nomination for a top best performance um, in pop by a duo duo or group with vocals, um, but lost to Train's Hey Soul Sister. Yeah, I wonder. Are they just up against like stiff competition? I think so. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised. This is who 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 were they up against? Did you have a list of that, or did you just have who won? I just had who won. Okay, so they were up against. Um, ooh, I don't know how to pronounce this. Is it Sade, Baby Father? I've never heard of that. Um, but they were up against uh, Maroon Five for Misery and Don't Stop Believing for from Glee, and then Hazel Sister for Hazel Sister was. Huge. huge however i uh, i don't know do i like it better than i think if i was gonna vote for any songs on this i probably would have picked misery <laughs> but i love maroon <laughs> five but i'm i'm surprised that 
Hey, Soul Sister, beat this song. I just think this was such a good song. I feel like... Very good song. I, I, I will say for this one, I think they should have won this one. I'll agree with you on that. I can just... I have, like... Okay, hearing those songs, it's like I just have such a flashback because, I mean, I was, I think, a freshman in college, or high school, and so, like... I just I can remember watching these and like getting so excited to see like this on MTV. I was so excited. I loved it. Uh, another like little quick one is Careful, which was another single on their album. I didn't have you listen to this one, but this one's a really good one, too. And it's I think these ones all we talked about all match kind of with the whole theme of the album where it's about trying to figure out like other people's emotions and your emotions and just being a mature person and growing up. So I think like that's another good song. So the last song on the album we're going to talk about is Playing God. Can't make this is their last single on the album. It didn't have as much, I don't think it had much radio success and it didn't chart, but um, it's a very big song uh, to Paramore fans. Haley's been said that she wrote this when she was like really angry um, and it's a very angry kind of song, but it doesn't sound angry. So that's like what she really liked about it. And she's like, it sounds very laid back and fun, but the lyrics of it are very like angry and pointed and, and all that. This I really like this song too. Um, I think it's very funny. And the music video is, is pretty weird. I remember watching this when I was like in ninth grade and thinking like, whoa, this is crazy. Like she's got people in her basement. Like, oh my God. This apparently is, oh, this is all filmed in uh, Haley's home in Franklin, Tennessee. So this is her house. And um, it was a sequel to that ignorance music video where they were all ignoring her. So then she tied them all up in her house. I, I guess. So. I could see that. I could see that, I guess. <laughs> And there's like um, some little things within the music video that like kind of nod to the album. Like I think there's like a frame where she's singing into a mirror and like that's on the back of the album and just some other like things here and there. So like it's it's very much for like the fans and the album and it's it's a fun kind of song. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd agree. It's, it's pretty fun. This one doesn't like blow me away like, you know, other ones might. I, I do think <laughs> I do think the music video the music video is pretty good to me I think the music video makes the song better um, not that I yeah. think it's a bad song I'm just saying the music video makes me more interested in the song when I listen to it because yeah also like this is not related to the song that much but like the things that people do in music videos just because they look cool like why the fuck does she have a magnifying glass she <laughs> It's like the light bulb all over again. What's the point? They're not even like, they're just looking down the whole time. And she's like, yeah, let me get your face with this magnifying glass. Or like That's sitting weird. in the chair looking at photos through the magnifying glass. Like they're, they're regular photos. I don't think she needs a magnet. What's she trying to see with a magnifying glass? <laughs> see, but see them, I is, guess. I don't know. That's not the point, I guess. It doesn't really matter. I don't know. It's just, it was, I just remember watching it. I, I felt Almost like it's like scandalous. Like, what is this? Like, this is crazy. Like coming from Paramore. And it's like, I don't know. I just, I, I, it stuck with me. Like when I was a kid and I still really like it. It's it's a funny, funny little thing. Yeah. Is it, to me, it, it, it seems very targeted as at people who think they're like smarter or like holier than thou, that kind of uh, For personality sure. type. Is it, that's, that's the kind of vibes I'm getting from this. It's kind of like, like, fuck you, like. You don't know everything. Like, that. that's how I feel. So remember that. Remember that. That's, that's that what I stuff. get from the lyrics. <laughs> okay. Like, oh, like, it's just my humble opinion, but it's one that I believe in. You don't deserve a point of view It's the only if, if the only thing you see is you. It's very self-absorbed. Right. Yep. And it was written by, I think, Haley and uh, Josh. They were accredited on, like, pretty much this whole album. Um, yeah. So I think that's that's all we're going to talk about like album wise. Um, so what, overall, what'd you think of this album? Uh, I don't think I like it more than riot at this point. Um, but I think it's, I think it's a good progression for them and their sound. Uh, okay. I definitely think there's some songs on here that are, I mean, well, obviously there's some songs on here that are just like really, really good. Like the only exception ignorance, like I, 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 those those two songs I think are really really good. Brick by Boring Brick. Th those are the ones we talked about. Yep. Misguided Ghosts. Like when I was listening to that, I think I would have really liked that one if we talked about it more. <laughs> but I think I could have been talked into being like, yeah, I think I think I, I think I don't think any of their songs are bad. Is what I'm trying to say. I think yeah. they have like a lot of really good songs. 
Uh, as far as this album goes, like, I don't feel like it as a whole, like, sticks out to me that much. I think when I think of this album, I think of, like, oh, this song is on that album. And that's yep. why I like mm-hmm. this album. It's I'd not agree like, with that. oh, it's so good from start to finish, you know? Yeah, and I think when I was growing up, like, or when I was growing up, it's like, I think, yeah, I, I listened to specific songs off of the album. And I, I don't think I uh, realized that there was more songs on the album other than the singles. So, <laughs> like, going back and listening to it now like as an adult it's like like yeah there's some other deep cut songs but it's like for me that wasn't like my childhood it was it was just these main songs um because like i didn't really know right hey it it happens small anna was very uh very naive you know (laughs) (laughs) so so this is kind of coming to the end of this era of for paramore they went on some tours um after their big success with that uh with the album they did, I think they did a tour in um, like the US and then they went over to Europe for a little bit, but then they had to cut it short because they said they were taking a little bit of a break. And then to fans' surprise, on Saturday, December 18th, 2010, and this is where it gets kind of crazy. It gets kind of foggy on the, 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 the specifics, but I guess to the official Paramore site, there was a blog that was uploaded, like a blog post that said that the two Pharaoh brothers, like the one that mainly writes the other songs, were leaving the band and listed all of these reasons and all this drama, which I think is true. The drama is true, um, but the post is fake. So it's not from the brothers or from Paramore officially. Um, But a lot of fans were kind of speculating that something was going on with them because they had to take a break and because there was rumors about the Pharaoh brothers leaving. And um, there was this post, this fake post, apparently, like immediately after that was posted, Paramore, the official Paramore, like Haley Williams and the other two members posted um, on their website, I guess, saying um, that they knew that they a couple months ago that they were thinking of leaving. And they're like, none of this really surprised us. We've known that they haven't wanted to be around anymore. And like they weren't their hearts weren't in this and kind of like being mean to them, which is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wait, then who is being mean to who? This is Paramore. So this is Haley Williams and Taylor so Paramore, the band. Um, so the band was being mean to the brothers or the other way around? The, the band is being mean to the brothers. Gotcha. Saying that we've known for this time that, like, they haven't wanted to be here and, like, they don't, they don't, you know. And then they said, like, we hope we f- they find happiness and all this stuff. Um, but it's just, like, doesn't sound like it's a good break. So then. But it, it, it wasn't a real breakup? Well, so there was a fake blog post. This is what took me, like, all afternoon to figure out. There was a fake blog post. Then the Paramore, the official band, really saying that, yeah, we knew they were leaving. Then after that, the official Pharaoh Brothers released their own statement. And, like, that statement just blasted Paramore. And it was just saying, like, how Haley and, like, Paramore the band, what did they say? Uh, It was a manufactured product a manufactured product of a major label and accused Haley of not only being manipulated by her management, but also of treating the group as her solo project and that they were all riding on the coattails of Haley's dream. So, so they were okay. both blasting each other and lots of drama. Um, I think Paramore then after the two brothers left, so there were five, the two brothers left. And so now we had Haley Taylor Williams or Haley Taylor and Jeremy left. So just the three of them. Um, And they sat down with with um, they sat down with MTV and talked for like an hour on MTV about the controversy and all this weird blog posts. And then, you know, asked her about who she was dating and if there was dating rumors and all this stuff. And so like it was and I remember this. I remember this from when I was a kid. That's like this was huge news and like there was so much drama and they split up but like Paramore the three of them said they were going to continue to make music Um, but I think this is a huge breaking point of the band where they are definitely going more into the pop scene and trying something new Mm -hmm. so this was this was a big looking back now and I'm I'm not trying to like make this a huge deal kind of thing because it's like I think they've since then made up and like they're friends again. But um, at this time, like there was just so many hurt feelings and like so much drama going on uh, that it was just kind of a huge shock to the whole Paramore community. 
See, I had always heard, and maybe this is maybe this is inaccurate because again, I've never like seriously looked into it. Um, I had always heard that she was dating one of the Pharaoh brothers. Is that kind of what MTV was talking about? I mean, I don't even know if that's true. And I mean, it is true. Relevant. Um, she but dated. I, I, I was. I had thought. Like, that was the reason they broke up. But then again, I never really looked into it. I just saw that they broke up, and my friend was like, oh, yeah. You know, like, they, 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 haven't, they haven't, like, confirmed or denied it. But I think, yeah, she dated – yeah, okay. So Haley and Josh dated for three years and broke up in 2007. And that's when she started dating that guy from the other band. Um, so that's when she started dating Chad Gilbert. You made me do it. Chad Gilbert. Um and so there's some people that think it was that. It was like he was upset with that. Um, there's some people that think that there was issues within the how their music was going. There was also a whole bunch of rumors about like religious stuff that like he was saying that like he didn't like how like what some things that Haley and I think Jeremy were doing, like they were making bad choices religiously, I guess. Then a lot of fans kept like pointing back to the album as a whole, like this this uh, brand new eyes, because a lot of the songs are all about how it's like this one person who thinks they're all that, and like there was a lot of focus on playing God because it's about like Haley is this like evil person and like she's doing this and this and that, and it's like she thinks she can get everything and it's it's all about her, and it, and I think it also came down to just like. Again, Haley had her own contract with Atlantic Records and like Paramore had a different contract. So there was a lot of like other things going on and all together it was just like a bad break. So didn't she I thought I thought she wrote on most of the songs. Is that not accurate? No, she did. It was her and Josh. So she she was writing songs about herself being evil or is that I know. just like That's, what Josh I was going into it with? that's I think people are honestly I feel like people are just like reading into it again too much um oh so that's not from the band that's just from like fan theories. fans yeah okay yeah I mean I don't know I could maybe see like he was going into it with that but like that's I can't imagine somebody willing to write songs about how they themselves are awful <laughs> yeah I mean I think he's since then come back and said like oh they all started touring at a really young age they got to a point where, like, I think he, they were just tired of touring and tired of, like, the huge shows and stuff like that. And and I, there might have been other drama as well, but, like, they haven't talked about it. And I, I think that's – it's just them growing up and growing apart. Gosh, she's only 31. <laughs> yeah. Zach is 30. God, they were really young. Yeah. Yeah. I guess in my head – see, it's weird because, like – See, and Taylor, Taylor's 30. See, it's weird because for me, like, when I, growing up, when I heard people on the radio, unless they were Disney actors, I just assumed they were so much older than me. And for bands like Paramore, I've never really been interested enough to see when they were born. But the fact that they were only, they're only, like, four or five years older, like, that makes mm-hmm. me feel like I've not done much with my life. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, look at some of the popular people today they're like 12 you know yeah anyway oh nah. josh is 32 oh oh here's one jeremy davis 35 okay i feel better <laughs> anyway sorry keep going that was way off no track. you're good no so i just i mean i don't want to focus I, I i know i just focused on it a lot but i don't want to focus on it too much because like i think they've moved on from this but i just mm-hmm. remember this being such a huge shock to everybody and like oh my gosh paramore is gonna like what's gonna happen next um so I think, like, this definitely set an end to this era of, like, the five of them, like, the Farrell brothers. Um, there's definitely going to be a turn when we talk next time um, with their next album, which this next album, I will say, is my favorite album by them. Okay. Maybe. So I'm I'm excited to talk about it. It's just, I love it. I love how it sounds. And uh, then we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> yeah, I think I definitely I – think, I think this is – it's going to be interesting next time because, as you said earlier, they do kind of start moving away from this, like, alt-fueled-by-ramen sort of, I guess, this from 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 this sort of subset they've been grouped in. They do kind of start moving towards a more uh, popular sort of sound. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I know some of my favorite songs are yet to come. All right. 
we'll talk about that next time. I think there'll probably only be like one more episode on Paramore, and then we'll probably do um, another set on Haley herself um, later on. But um, yeah, I think I th- thanks for listening so far, everybody. I hope I'm doing okay. <laughs> so, so what song from here do you want to add to our our fancy little playlist? Oh man, um, I always hate this song, and I never like. Or- I always hate this uh, question because I never think before. <laughs> you never think about it beforehand. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say the only exception because that's like one of my top, top, top songs. The only exception. Let me write that down. Well, here's the issue. I was gonna pick that one. I know. So I'm forcing what am I gonna you to pick, pick something else? Um, see, and the other thing is, the next one I would wanna, I would wanna pick probably is that misguided ghost one, but. For the sake of, uh, for the sake of, you know, doing things Pick different. Pick that one. Uh, I think I think I'm gonna go with ignorance. Ignorance. That okay. is a really good song. See, so we'll everyone always that. skips over misguided ghosts. I really like that one. I think it's it's pretty I good. Mean, it is good. I don't really want to put two like slow songs right there, next to each other. Oh, I could. Who cares? <laughs> Do whatever you want. I'll go with ignorance. I'll go with ignorance. Ignorance is a very good song. Ignorance is a very good song too. Is that any 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 other final business before we close this shiz out? I don't think so. See you back here next time for uh, some more Paranor. Paranor. Oh my gosh! I, see, I can't talk tonight I'm either. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll see y'all back here next time for some more Paranor. In the meantime, check out this sick beat from DJ Oblique. Woo!